right, hello and welcome to Knowledge Transfer, the podcast where we turn you on to new ideas, theories, and content to stimulate your intellect and give you something to think about. I am your host, James Donovan, and I am once again joined by my lovely co-host, Annie. Hi guys, how's it going this week? So today we are going to talk about Tilt, what that is, and how you can use that knowledge to up your game in both the virtual world and the real world. (laughs) So Annie, why don't you uh, tell us in your own words what Tilt is? (laughs) Oh, putting me on the spot right here. I'm tilting a little. (laughs) (laughs) It's funny because right before I asked James if he had a little uh, explainer for what tilt was, I I guess in my own words, um, I first heard the term tilt when I, you know, started playing my first game that I considered to be like a full game and it was Magic the Gathering. And the way I understand it, to tilt is to... uh, sort of get overcome by emotions, like if you're, um, like, nervous about your playing or you're upset by, uh, you know, you have a bad hand or or your opponent's, like, ahead of the board or something, and, and you're letting that affect uh, your kind of what would other otherwise be rational decision-making, you know, assessing what the best play is, but you're kind of letting all those emotions come in, and, and to tilt is to kind of be in that state and as a result like maybe make worse decisions than you otherwise would and so on and so dealing with tilt is a big I think for a lot of people they're affected by tilt on some level and for some people it's like for the big games that matter and for some people it's like all the time and so if you cannot tilt that's a big leg up yeah no tilt affects many people but but not many people know of it it is Mm -hmm. It is the unnamed, you know, <laughs> thing that is plaguing many a, many a poor soul. It's one of those things where once you put a name to it, you can see, you can apply it all the time, and I mm-hmm. think that's really helpful in recognizing when that's happening. Exactly. No, I think I think you're you're making a great pitch for the importance of why <laughs> you know this why you should listen to this podcast, why it's important. What was your first exposure to the word tilt? Was it? Hmm. And did it come from poker or something? Or I think it was the same. I think it was in uh, in the Magic, the Gathering realm, um, and it was, um, you know, you hear people use it as kind of a ling- like like a lingo slang term, and you're kind of like, what is that? And then it becomes so apparent, like you said, you know, once you put a name to it, you're like, oh yeah, <laughs> that makes perfect sense. Yeah. It's like that. You know, that moment that you rage quit or table flip. Yeah. <laughs> like that is tilt. Is to, to go or to go on tilt. So the kind of the inspiration for this episode um, for me uh, came when I was watching uh, some competitive League of Legends. So it's another game. Um, so Magic is a card game, but League of Legends is a, um, a video game. And so this is a big area of interest for me, as, as you well know. <laughs> and... Um, you know, I, I kind of wanted to introduce this fairly early on in the podcast, um, but I'm going to throw some some statistics at you here, um, dear listener, just kind of give you a little bit of background. Because personally, I think that esports is going to be big. Uh, if it, I mean, it already is very big, but it's going to be you know one of those next big things that if you're not aware of, it's kind of good to kind of hear a little bit about it so you understand that you know when you walk into a bar and a bunch of people are cheering at a screen where a bunch of people are playing video games and you have no clue what's going on you know that this will give that uh that experience a little bit of context so 
So just League of Legends. This is a uh, massive online battle arena. Is the the type of game that it is, and it is has just shy of fifty million dollars in prize money so far this year have been put up. Um, over forty five million tuned in for their two thousand seventeen world event. Uh, their mid season invitational had over three hundred and sixty million unique viewers. Uh, and so to kind of put that a little bit in perspective. The Super Bowl had 113 million unique viewers. So this is almost three times, this is a little bit more than three times the Super Bowl viewers. And a big reason behind that is because you have a lot of people in China and Korea and, and these and Japan and all these other, um, you know, different countries that are tuning in. So whereas the Super Bowl, I think, is largely American-based. Uh, and then the NBA Finals had 20 million unique viewers. So so this, this is a big deal. This is already... Um, well, well watched um, throughout the world, and you know, just kind of give you a little bit more on on esports. So, I th- to me, I think you know it's easiest to understand esports if you kind of relate it to something that people understand. Mm-hmm. So, um, Amazon, as we all know and love for its easy, you know, ability to order things and, and have it come two days later. Exactly, super convenient. Um, slowly taking over the world with their uh, their purchase of Whole Foods and all the other things that they're doing. They also recently bought Twitch.com, which is a 100 million unique user site, and, it is, and it's dedicated to streaming video games. Um, they have over 15 million daily unique users, which I think is, is really impressive. That means they're like people that are actually showing up. Um, to watch other people play video games. Yeah. So, and Amazon went or big on this. Or just stream themselves playing video games. <laughs> exactly. And Amazon, so Amazon went really big on this. Um, there's, a, there's a lot of other um, well-known names um, in, like, traditional sports that have gone big on this. I think, like, Shaq is one of them. Like, Shaq actually is, like, behind. He's purchased stock in, like, one of the esports teams. Um, so, you know, it's... it's there a lot be- of, like, Asian telecom companies. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Like, um... Yeah, like ones in China and Korea. Yeah, I'm kind of drawing a blank. On <laughs> SKT yeah. and uh, there are a bunch of Chinese ones. I, I can't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, a lot of companies are starting to go big on this, and, and the reasoning, the rationale behind that, which I think is is pretty interesting, is like millennials occupy this weird spot in advertising, uh, like limbo, where they're pretty savvy, so they can get around most direct advertising they're not watching like tv anymore um and they are pretty direct about you know oh i want this thing so i'm going to go online i'm going to research it so it's it's really hard to advertise through them but esports has become this this thing that actually a lot of millennials like watching and so advertisers realize that if they if this does become a big thing they can put a lot of money into advertising for that specific group um so I think you know Amazon sees this. I, th- I think a lot of these Chinese companies see this as kind of like the next wave of like traditional sports. Right now, it's kind of like the Wild West yeah. of, of esports because you know imagine starting the NFL from scratch or the NBA from scratch. Right now, there's a company called Blizzard. They're very very famous for they made World of Warcraft and they've made um, Starcraft and a few other big titles, but they recently created Overwatch. This is like a few years ago. And now they're really going big on 
Overwatch League where they're they're effectively trying to start like an NBA style thing where they've got teams in different cities and each one of the cities has to or like each one of the owners of the cities have to like bid a couple million dollars in order to like buy the team and um, they're they're going to be playing in big arenas and all this kind of stuff. So it's it's really cool to see what's developing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you know, and, and like I said, I think it's only going to get bigger. So dear listener, if you happen upon this and and you know and now, now you, you know <laughs> exactly you've been you've been <clears throat> educated crash course. So um, so getting back to tilt um, and you know why we bring up esports. Uh, I was watching the most recent, a very recent um, championship match. Um, They're playing in the semifinals. It was between uh, Team Solo Mid, which is a, a long-standing. They're kind of like the Yankees of League of Legends in, the, in North America uh, versus Clutch Gaming. And Clutch Gaming, maybe they're maybe they're more like the Mets. I guess <laughs> you know you, you don't really expect the Mets. To beat the Yankees all the time, you know the Yankees have a lot of money. They have a lot of prestige. They have a lot of history as being a really good team. I'm nodding like I understand. (laughs) I mean, I think yeah. I'm hoping that most people will get that. Um, I think you're safe there. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But so um, so Team Solomon was playing Clutch, and they ended up losing to Clutch. They ended up losing. So um, it's the way that the the matches are played as their best of five. So you have to win three to win. And Team Solomid won the first one. And then they lost the next three. And as I was watching, you know, from the second game on, you know, they kind of, Team Solomid started to lose control of the game. I won't get into the nitty gritty of how the game is played. That would take forever. But simply put, uh, Team Solomid's team started to, to lose in that second match. And you could see how they were taking all these risky plays. They were playing really uh, defensively and scared. Um, they weren't making decisions together as an organized group. Um, they, they were just, they played like um, a team where they had expected to win and they weren't expecting to be put in a situation when they were down, where they were behind the enemy team and they were flustered by it. You know, they didn't, they weren't comfortable. <clears throat> and yeah. so they weren't able to make good decisions in that moment. And so to me, I was kind of like, wow, it's it's surprising that something that I think is such an important uh, aspect of com- competing to master is something that even this team that is like the best of the best uh, when it comes to this game still really has trouble with. I, you know, I think everyone, if they're you know put in the right situation, can end up being tilted. Um, so today we wanted to talk about tilt. So have you heard of the the poker analogy when it comes to tilting? Uh, maybe. Throw it at me. Okay, so the poker analogy, I, I have this friend whose older brother really into competitive online poker, and he told this story. He was basically encapsulated tilt, and it was... You know, when I'm playing well, I'm making a couple hundred bucks uh, an hour. When I'm playing poorly, I'm losing a couple thousand bucks an hour. And so, really, my you know, when I'm playing really well, maybe I'm making a couple. I'm making like 500 bucks an hour. So, his goal isn't necessarily to 
um, play really well. That's great if he's making that little bit of extra money, but if he's playing the odds and he's playing smart, he's making he, he's doing okay. But it's when he's not playing well, when he's when he's on tilt, that he's losing like way more than he could possibly be making. Right. So when you minimize that those moments of when you're going on tilt, you stand to gain so much more than if you're just trying to incrementally improve your like you know, good moments. Exactly. Yeah, it's one of those things <clears throat> where, you know, being in that tilt space is actually far more de- detrimental than people think. You know, people think, oh, you know, like, it doesn't matter, I'm playing poorly, I'm off my game, or, you know, when they're in that tilt space, they're like, they're not thinking about all those little ways they can play a little bit smarter. That really ends up hurting them a lot more than they think. You know, I think poker is really a game where if you're going to do well, the main goal is to say, okay... I'm always playing the odds. I'm always trying to, you know, bet when I have the advantage and not bet when I don't. And if you, the classic way to tilt is, say you are supposed to win a hand, you have like very favored odds and then you don't, and you bet pretty big on those favored odds, you lose a bunch of money. Well, you know, the first reaction of someone in that situation is going to be, shit, I got to make my money back. You know, <laughs> like I can't, I don't want to lose all this money. And that's the moment where they say, okay, now I'm going to start making riskier plays. I'm going to, you know, bet a little bit heavier in a situation that I shouldn't just because, hey, I want to wake, make up that money gap. So to me, I think that like really encapsulates kind of the negative mindset thinking that goes into, that's that springs from being tilted. Mm-hmm. Do you think people tilt for the same reasons? Hmm. I'll answer that by saying there's so many different reasons people could tilt. To say that people tilt for different reasons is more, it's more a result of the different situations that they find themselves in. So I guess in the, in the team solo mid versus clutch gaming scenario, I think that team solo mid's in this position where they're expecting to win, right? They're really good. They're very skilled players. They're, they're the clear odd favorite in the match. And then they get down. And that unexpected scenario really throws them for a, for a loop. It's something that they're not accounting for, so they haven't really practiced for it. They haven't really thought about it too much. And so they're uncomfortable. That unfamiliarity with that right. position makes them uncomfortable, and then they're not playing well. You know, I think that, you know, similar situ- situation, you look at, like, a lot of league players online, or, you know, to get to tilt, you know, maybe they just make a bad play and they die or, um, you know, somebody, you know, they're, they're, they're getting beat up on, you know, the, the other team is expending a lot of extra resources to, to really push their, like that specific lane into the dirt. Again, this is really hard to talk about <laughs> without knowing, but basically it's five on five. And, you know, if you have one team, uh, they can kind of expend a little bit of extra resources to make like one individual player's life hell. And so if they're doing that and that person then tilts and and does not want to contribute to the team, that really takes away from that team's ability to to win the match. So, you know, in that situation, that's just that person being really frustrated by the fact that they, you know, they feel like they, they, they're not giving a chance to like to really play and experience the game. You know, I think there's other situations where, say, an, a, another person on your team is doing very poorly then another, you know, someone on your team starts getting mad at them. So you're actually tilting because 
of someone else's poor performance is inhibiting your, you know, what you perceive as your ability to win the game. Yeah. Um, like, they're the reason, you know, I would otherwise be fine, and they're the reason why I can't win, and uh, yeah, it feels it's out of your control. And I think that's, <laughs> to me, one of the reasons I wanted to bring this up, too, is because I feel like... You know, hopefully, maybe we, we even have a few League of Legends like players or video game players on there who look to claim uh, to climb the the ranked boards or you know to to be better in that game. And I think, especially when you're playing team based games with people you don't know online, and you're going to run into situations where those other people aren't very good, and that's going to frustrate you. And so, being able to deal with that frustration and realize like, hey, frustrate getting frustrated is not going to help my ability to win this game and as fact it is going to make the chances of me winning this game way less yeah. and sometimes a little per- perspective helps too because there's a fact of the matter that in general league y- uses a certain matchmaking kind of process that is invisible to you but y- you everyone kind of knows you're they match you up with people of similar skill and it is a, f- a kind of maybe a fact about human beings that you know, if I'm performing, if I'm doing really well, I'm like, oh, this is my skill level. I made this awesome play. I'm a good player. And if when I make bad plays, I'm like, oh, I made a mistake or I messed that up. I, I totally, I could have done that. I just goofed that. But you know, I'm, pres- I'm I think of that as atypical. But I think of my good performances as, you know, this is me. So I think that also makes players, you know, kind of they get sucked into that mistaken belief that other people, other people's mistakes are because they're bad. My mistakes are just one off. And, and so they're pulling me back. Mm-hmm. And so I think part, so what I'm, when I'm talking about perspective, it's kind of realizing now we're all like pretty much the same skill level. This game, it feels like I'm trying really hard to carry the whole team to victory. In another game, I might, someone else is carrying me. And so that might make you less, pissed off and frustrated and feeling like, you know, why is this happening to me? I'm a perfectly good player. And so part of that frustration will just dissolve. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think I've, I've watched a lot of different videos that popular streamers or really good players will put out on YouTube talking about, hey, you know, if you want to improve, what you know, here are the top five tips that we're going to give you. And one of those tips always is, you know, either mute everyone else and, and don't get involved in talking to your teammates because most of the time that communication ends up being negative. Yeah. Ends up being like, hey, do this, or, you know, you suck, or you screwed up, or whatever it is. Or it is, you know, be really supportive of your teammates. Yeah. Be like, hey, look, like, hey, don't worry about that. We still got this. Or, like, yeah. or if they do something well, be like, yeah, go team. Morale of the team is really essential to the team doing well because – there is a lot to say about how you feel and your performance yeah. from that. And I think everybody probably feels differently about this, but for me, it's like, I'm playing a game, I want to enjoy it. The moment someone flames me in chat, that's it. Like, I'm not really enjoying myself anymore. I'm also pretty sensitive. So I like that there are these two options, at least right off the bat, mute all, or kind of just fo- like fo- try actively to foster this community spirit. And the nice thing about the mute all strategy is... You don't have to rely on yourself to exercise restraint after someone's already typed a mean <laughs> thing. This <laughs> one's not going to happen. But me, a big thing about why I enjoy League of Legends is the fact that I get to play with nine other 
players and we're all typing in chat and when something funny happens we all laugh about it or i mostly play a kind of a fun more relaxed game modes mm-hmm. so for me mute all is kind of like an, an, a drastic option because um that i would be really losing out on a lot of the things i like about chat so, yeah um you want to have that interaction yeah and maybe the so league of legends uh, has implemented code of conduct for players or kind of like a general like guideline for what kind of like yeah they implemented the honor system where after the game you can you know give a little bit of props to people that you thought did a great job of you know either teamwork or just being friendly yeah and like like you know if you do anything that's like harassing your teammates or swearing at them um they have a review system where you can get reported and then if you get reported a certain number of times you might get a ban for a certain amount of... So there's there's a system in place. And, you know, I'm not familiar enough to comment on how well I think that works. But I think, generally, I'm I'm pretty happy with League. I also don't play... Um, I don't know. I think a lot of my friends complain a lot more about... Yeah. And, uh, and, and I think, like, one of the things that I noticed that they do is... In your loading screen, they give you little tips. And one of the tips they say is, like, team uh, players that are positive win like 60% more of their games than players who swear right. at their teammates or something like that. So they're actively trying to tell you like, hey, look, a more positive, supportive team environment is going to result in, in more games. So you, I, I watched a video recently about egotism and how important it is that if other people's lives are better, your life is better. You know, like if other people are well-educated and are, and are inventing things, then you benefit from those inventions and puts more money in the economy, that kind of thing. You know, and, and I think this is very much the same, like a positive league environment where everyone's supportive of each other and saying like, you know, even if you're like, hey, you screwed up there, this is what you can do better or, um, or you know, try to do this next time or don't worry about it, like we got you kind of thing, that can go a long way to improving someone else's, not only their experience, but also their ability to perform well. Yeah. So... Uh, one of the other things that I wanted to talk about when it came to tilt is uh, how you can kind of practice yeah. um, putting up with tilt. So I think we talked a little bit about how Team Solo Mid, one of the what what I think put them in that tilt mode um, that kind of set them off their game and maybe snowballed them into those losses was they weren't expecting to be behind. Right? They they were playing against a team that they were favored against. And they were expecting to do a lot better, but they hear you know they all of a sudden game two they're just way behind early in the game and they just can just never get out of that mindset. And so for me, when I was in college, as you know, I'm a big rower, um, and you know we did very well um, for ourselves, won a lot of big championships and stuff like that. But one of the the most important things that I think for us was our coach constantly put us in situations where we were behind and we had to make up that deficit. There is such a psychological advantage to, if you are the boat that is up yeah. in, in, in crew, in racing, uh, because you can see the other boat, you know, you can respond to their moves, you're putting out a wake and they're kind of sitting in that wake. Um, so if you're the boat that's down, you kind of know you're at a disadvantage, and the only way that you're coming back is if you're focused on doing the best you can do in that moment. So it's almost 
letting everything else melt away and just saying, hey, you know, the situation is what it is. I just need to focus on doing the best I can with what I've got. And I think to me, that is the core lesson at Tilt. It's, hey, sure, maybe you're in this situation where things are a little bit tougher and you're down and something bad happened, but you can't let that affect how you play the game going forward and you need to be focused on the things you can control. Um, it's, you know, that, that age old saying of, uh, the, the, the serenity prayer, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can and the wisdom to know the difference. And so to me that that's basically what tilt is. It's, Hey, look, there's things I can't change about this game or behind. I died a few times, like, or you know, if you're in a rowing shell, it's, you know, we're back five seats. I can't change where we are now, but I can I do have control about how I respond to that and what I do right. going forward. And that and that's really the other big thing is you're almost removing emotion from the equation as much as you can. Your your emotional reaction to the situation, that fight or flight. So I think that's a really big part of conquering that tilt mindset. So now we're going to talk about ways that you can manage tilt. So little tips and tricks that we can give you, dear listener, to... You know, help you in these situations that are going to be applicable to anything from, you know, video games to, you know, job interviews and anything else. Yeah. So I've, I've maybe we'll like kind of ping back and forth. I don't know how many I have lined up, but here I'll um, give my. We can first. go one for one, <laughs> and you know, whoever whoever draws a blank first, yeah, that that person loses. Has to do something for the next. Exactly. <laughs> they, they do the editing for the podcast. Uh, I'm forgetting. All right, so. <laughs> That's right, early victory. <laughs> <laughs> so we've got a lot of friends who play League of Legends, and their personalities range from kind of like mild and taking things in stride to e- e- easily excitable, let's just say. And and I remember we were talking to one of our friends, and <clears throat> we were about to play League of Legends, so we invited him to come on, and he was, and he, <laughs> he and he said, oh, I've got a handful of different accounts, but they're all banned, because every time I playing ranked in in league and then getting pissed off because we're losing or my teammates are doing stupid things and then I just leave the game and then I get banned because I do it too often. And we were pretty shocked and I remember we were saying, well, why don't you just <laughs> kind of why don't you not leave the game? Yeah. Um <clears throat> but I remember my takeaway was this. You can commit to one game a day where you know you've decided okay I'm gonna sit down play my favorite game League of Legends I'm gonna play just one game and I'm gonna promise myself I'm not gonna leave during this game that's you know a kind of like a minimal behavior that I've set target I've set for myself you can do that mm-hmm. and if not then make a sm- make a goal that's smaller than that that you can do like if not playing a ranked game play like a casual game mode or you know something like that where you stick to it. So you're saying practice getting through those things that yeah. frustrate you? Yeah, because I think part of it was his attitude. Like, this is who I am. I'm a rager. I just rage because, you know, either either he's like, oh, I'm just like this. I'm, uh, I'm irritable. You know, I, I don't take other people's BS. Mm-hmm. Or or maybe it's he's the kind of person who is like, no, other people are just, you know, there's so many bad players online, blah, blah, blah. So it could be either of those things, but then the 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 feature I'm noticing is this attitude of it's not going to change or you know I, I'm just 
nothing can be done about it. Yeah, it's like... And that's not true. Exactly. It's a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, because the end result for him was that he didn't really get to play a game that he really loved. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, that's, and that's a shame, and it doesn't have to be the case. And I think, so to kind of piggyback off your story, and this, this will, <laughs> you know, help me out um, in winning this little, little match <laughs> we've got going. I'm just going to tail uh, off this. He's better on his feet, so... <laughs> so I, I actually have two things. First thing being, figure out something you can get out of a losing game. You know, a lot of people say, oh, the game's lost and I'm not going to win, so I don't care, right? And so they see either winning or losing. If they win, they're happy. If they lose, they're not, and that's it. But I think that in the process of doing something and getting better at it and striving to achieve at higher levels, you can't look at it as, a loss is a bad result and there's nothing to gain from it. Um, I think that you can say, okay, you know, what did I learn from that? I think we talked a little bit last time in, you know, starting your own project about making mistakes and learning from mistakes and not viewing mistakes as these big negative things. Similarly, if you're in this sense of tilt and you're like, oh, this is, this is totally worthless. This is not worth my time. But you can kind of calm yourself down, take a little deep breath I don't know if these count, but, you know, calm yourself down, take a deep breath and then say, okay, what can I do that's going to get me to feel good about this game? Like, Mm -hmm. what can I, like, can I practice using a certain technique, a certain strategy, a certain item? Like, can I, what can I get out of the experience that is going to be beneficial long run that I can, you know. Right. Yeah. Like a little something to look forward to that you, so you're not like, oh, all's lost. (laughs) Yeah. Start to rage, raging in chat. Exactly. And so I think, yeah, for, for our mutual friend who's, you know, th- that tends to be the quitter, you know, it's, it's like try to find something that you're going to get out of that. And I think that's the other thing is kind of accepting that you're going to have losses um, puts you in a better state too. Because if you're not only going to be happy when you win in a game like League of Legends where you're playing against five other people, well, by, you know, just straight up odds, if you're playing against people that are about equally as good as you, you're going to win 50% of the time. Yeah. And, and, that- think, and, you know, think about what your objective is. Obviously, when you're when you're saying, oh, you know, my plan is to tilt less frequently and to get better and not tilt, you're not saying, oh, my plan is to become the Dalai Lama. The objective is just to tilt less frequently so that that's not kind of the, the thing that, that's hol- one of the big things holding you back yeah. so that you can... I don't know, get out of bronze or or get into challenger or uh, have your friends, <laughs> you know, uh, get mad at you <laughs> less often for, uh, you know, yelling at them during yes. the game. Sun Zhao said, uh, the man who has not uh, mastered himself cannot master anything else, right? <laughs> Does he actually say I that? don't know. He, he probably said that. <laughs> you see him or Confucius, they're, they're pretty interchangeable. See what else? So you know, I made I made the suggestion based off my own experience rowing, putting yourself in a situation when you're down. Yeah, when it's like a job interview, for example, say they ask you a really tough question. You know, think of your. Um, there's always that question where you're like, oh, I really hope they don't ask me this. Like, well, what if they do ask you that? Have a plan. Yeah. You know, know what you're gonna say. That's gonna save you from being put in that situation and then just being super nervous and, and tanking yeah. you know, and crashing. And, and you know, in a game, it might be <laughs> harder to do this, but I like what you were saying earlier. You know, just take a breath and then kind of almost decide to deal with it in a certain way. Mm-hmm. 
and like in that job interview you can take a breath and take a minute to compose a thought because i know i'm the kind of person if i feel put on the spot and i open my mouth and i'm not ready nothing comes out it's like a disaster (laughs) from there on whereas if i just take one second to Mm -hmm. be like okay like start my sentence in my head i'm I'm good yeah Uh, i think that's a big point it's like you have more time than you think you know sometimes those gut punch reactions aren't good reactions and so we you know we talk about how tilt is really this manifestation of making decisions off emotions as opposed to making what is the logical smart decision yeah. so that that breath mm-hmm. is really the thing that stops you that yeah. thing that allows you to compose yourself and take a step back and analyze the situation a little bit more yeah so you're not kind of not being reactive i think we've got a lot of good tips going on we've talked in the in the abstract from kind of gaining perspective or like recognizing the situation to how to cultivate better i don't know tilt proofiness Mm -hmm. (laughs) and i kind of wanted to add to add one that is even more of like a practical like hands-on what do i do when i'm in in a crunch type of situation and this comes from personal experience so i've always been a pretty sensitive person like in class i I never really got in trouble because i cared not to and i was and you know i i'm a sweet innocent (laughs) (laughs) i was a sweet innocent kid so usually other people took the fall but it was certainly a feature that i grappled with like if someone spoke to me too harshly like i could just feel the tears well up or sometimes if i was called on in class unprepared i could just (laughs) <laughs> like my face burning up and I'm like like you know negotiating with myself <laughs> and so th- and as I grew older like in college I, I remember thinking okay um s- stuff's gonna happen I'm gonna get, like get fired from a job or my I'm gonna have a tough conversation with my like grad school advisor like one cannot just cry <laughs> like in mm-hmm. these situations so I remember doing some googling and coming up with some strategies and here's one that has really worked for me you know, how in, in when you feel like you're about to lose control of your emotions, how to kind of wrangle that back and like kind of last ditch attempt. And here's the tip. So I've read that kind of when you're in that like intense emotional phase, like things are welling up into in you, inside of you, like fight or flight kind of feeling. When you do something that requires the activation of the other part of your brain, like the more rational, like calculated part, it kind of acts like, can you tell that I'm not like biologically trained or anything? Mm. But uh, when you activate that rational part, it helps kind of quell the... The lizard brain, so to speak. (laughs) Yes, (laughs) something like that. So what, what I've found helpful is, you know, if I'm feeling like, oh god like put on the spot i'm feeling the surge of emotions i you know i might like multiply numbers in my head successfully from Hmm. from easy upwards or like do some sum or some usually i go to math because i think of that as oh the opposite of yeah (laughs) this very very logical (laughs) but it does help you know like so that was a a long way of um saying basically that there there are a lot of different ways that you can work these tips into your life how not to tell and if i hopefully in some ways be using all of them or take some steps on your journey towards uh being uh, tilt proof yes tilt proof (laughs) 
That, that's, on a level plane. Exactly. I mean, that's that's the thing to me is whenever I went to big like gaming competitions and stuff like that, it was I was always struck by how friendly the the top players were. And I think it's because they understood that, like, they were able to detach their self-worth from the game, from that experience, and say, hey, look, like, I'm here, you know, I'm competing, but my opponent's still a person, they're friendly, like, you know, I'm going to try to beat them as much as I can on the the battlefield or whatever, but... Ultimately, these are nice people, and they're, like they're here to have a good time and, and have a fun experience. And so, you know, they didn't really like, they were able to separate that very distinctly in their minds. You know, I think that that was something that I was very fortunate to have learned. You know, through high school and in, into college. Like, for example, after each rowing race in college, the winning team got the losing team's shirt. Uh, you got like they mm-hmm. had like a nice. Uh, just like a simple t-shirt that had their school name on it. That and they wore during the race. Yeah, like well, that. sometimes they wore it during the race. <laughs> sometimes you got a sweaty shirt, but, um, you know, and they gave that to you. And But it was also an opportunity to meet them and shake their hand because, you know, when you're on the water, you don't, you're not close enough to have a conversation. You're focused yeah. on the race. But afterwards, you can kind of say, hey, you know, like, how's school going for you? What are you studying? You know, like, you get to bond a little bit because this person is more like you than the vast majority of other people because they're really dedicated to the sport and they love it and they want to compete and do really well at it. And it would be a shame if after that race you can, you know, take a step back and say, Hey, like, you know, it's really cool that we had, yeah. you know, this opportunity and, to and race against each right other. And I think you're right that among the kind of top and best players, there is this attitude. Cause I hadn't thought about that, but then I think, well, yes. Cause I've heard that top players who aren't like that are notoriously are known. known for, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, no, exactly. Everyone's got that one story about um, their time with that Uh, one guy. Yeah, with that one so-and-so. Yeah, yeah. We don't want to name any names. Flip to the table. (laughs) Yeah. But, yeah, exactly. And so I think that as the listener, the the big thing that you can kind of take away is even in your daily life, you know, when it comes to your job or when it comes to you know, anything else, recognizing that, hey, you know, end of the day, my boss is a person, my coworkers are people, and, yeah. you know, you can be competitive and try to out them, but it's, you know, try to be better than them and work hard, and, but, you know, ultimately, like, you've got to be able to remove that emotion when in the moment when you're dealing with people, to be real, be straight, be honest, and then when it's all said and done, like, be a good person. Like you might not get that job, but hey, if you're nice to that guy, that inter- the person who interviewed you, and they really like you, maybe later down the road they'll offer you a job or they'll recommend you to someone else. So, if you tilt, you're not going to have that opportunity. Like you're you're not only shorting yourself in what you can achieve in that moment, in that you know that game or that job or whatever it is, but you're also shorting yourself in the interactive experience that you can have with other people. And so. Yeah. Well said. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Hopefully that that resonates with some people. So I, I think that's that's pretty much all we we have for this one. Mm-hmm. I, and we watched so we watched the other or I watched listened to the other podcast and obviously we're learning we're getting better each time. One of the big things was shifting gears and talking about something else in the podcast didn't really jive. I'm even like a little wary of like rehashing our podcast. <laughs> Maybe we'll edit this part out, but you know I think that. Sticking to just tilt today is, is a really good way to, to finish this up. But we do want to thank everyone for listening. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, again, we're just starting out. We're trying to figure out what we like about the format and how we're how we're casting, what, what, what platforms we're available on, <coughs> how long. Oh, bless you. <laughs> um, you know, how long we're going to do this if we if we record while Annie has a cold or not. <laughs> um, so, if you have any comments, uh, feel free to to reach out. We love to hear them. And if you have ideas for what you want to hear about and uh, anything, really. Yeah, exactly. Suggestions. (laughs) I would love suggestions. All right. So I want to thank Annie for coming on the the podcast with me. This is not necessarily a long-term thing. She's been helping me out for the first two, but, you know, every time I have to, I have to, you know, incentivize her. (laughs) And she's always like reminding me like, hey, you got to do this on your own. No more, no more Annie crutch. (laughs) But she's been amazing. Um, and then uh, just, you know, again, thanking the listeners. I want everyone out there, like, share, subscribe. Um, you know, I, I got us up on Google Music. So we're up there, or Google Play. So and just as a reminder, we're listening to... James. And Annie. On Knowledge Transfer. And, and that's it. Thank you, everyone. Thanks and for listening. We'll, we'll catch you next time.